thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus. Does anyone? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Bruno View Podcast. You, uh, you must be Brad. I am. I have a new mic, so it might be hot. might be. Yes. Well, you've always been hot, but you well, do have a new mic. I do. He sounds hot. I do. Hi, Andrew. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast that critics are saying is uh, for kids of all ages. Nice. I like it. Yes. I like it. I have a good list tonight. Yeah, very excited. Great yeah. list, I would say. Some might say. I'd be, yeah. I'd be in that some. I think, uh, I think we're going to do good things. We're going to change the world, etc., that's all right. We'll make <laughs> no. at least have uh, an hour and a half worth of semi-entertaining conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of at, anecdotal, at the very least, anecdotal reasoning for for our list this week. I'm I'm really excited. I think that we did a good thing here, and we we had this list uh, planned long before we had any other. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most of them are day of. Yeah, 
and they turn out pretty good. So, mm-hmm. so how bad could it be, really? Yeah, unless you procrastinate to the day of. Yeah, I'm I'm actually finishing up mine up right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I've been ready. Uh, um, so how's things down in the tub? I things, heard there, it's hot. Things are interesting. Boiling. Yeah, um, I lost power for a little bit. Um, I have to boil all my tap water to get the E. coli out. Hmm. And uh, other than that, life is good because I got a lot of beer, and uh, that's already it's already okay to drink. E. coli free. Yeah. <sighs> yes, it is. Uh, speaking now, of beer, now with how are you doing? Hundred <laughs> percent less E. coli. Yeah. How's uh, it? I'm. I don't know, man. I this week I am still in the Master's Ed. Um, his his uh his gift to me right you're in the zedgeist yes i am and um i'm drinking it's called doug ferocious from gilgamesh brewing gilgamesh brewing yeah gilgamesh i think it's in portland should be i don't know i didn't look that up but uh it's a double india pale ale mm. uh it is eight eight point five or 8.7% ABV, ABV with an mm. 87 IBU. So all the 87s, it's a Sidney Crosby type beer. Nice. <clears throat> but it's not. And like, I, I'm, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Masters. It, like, uh, usually the ones that you send me are good. You appreciate this the one gesture. Isn't. Uh, it's, it is so malty. There's like no, like it, it says it's, you know, the IBU, that's what you think, you know, your hop meter would be, yeah. right? Uh, this is just all malt, mm-hmm. and it's not that good. Like, I should be chugging this thing because of the where it's at. There's no pine to speak of. I'm thinking, because it's the ferocious is a F-I-R, and I'm thinking, okay, there should be notes of pine and all that stuff. Um there's nothing uh, for that. It's just, it feels all malt. Now, my palate is for crap right now because I've had a long day and um, um, I didn't eat well today. And maybe I might have had something to drink before it, but uh, just not where it should be, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, buddy, but I, and I appreciate you sending it to me. I'm, gonna enjoy it what i can but it's this one isn't isn't the best um (laughs) yeah um other than i don't want to insult anybody too much (laughs) (laughs) uh it's okay it's okay not uh not all beers are created equal and uh it is what it is he he went out on a limb it's the gesture right it's a nice gesture uh, for sure and like (laughs) It's not bad. It's just the malt. Like there's an aftertaste. Like it, uh, it sits on your tongue, mm. like afterwards. So there's nothing like refreshing about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just a little too heavy. Uh, maybe for this, I don't know. Maybe for this time of year, but like even, I mean, I'm sitting in my you know uh, temperature controlled basement. You know, which doesn't need air conditioning or anything like that, and. It's I'm not like hot or anything like that. 
and it's still uh it's just it's that aftertaste it's really you know harsh on my mel right now mm. mm-hmm. so yeah i gave it a, a 2.75 uh f- basically for the 8.7 yeah fair enough i mean that's if nothing else you get a you you drink it right you can get a good buzz on so yeah and i'm gonna be shotgunning it or funneling it here so. <laughs> oh well <laughs> i'm i'm glad i have video <laughs> nice well it happens um sometimes you send a bad beer other times fedex employees steal. no it. and that's it sounds so bad that i'm bitching about, yeah, it's like, i mean it it's part of the critical beer. process i guess yeah like, like yeah. uh it's it, it really is no reflection on your appreciation of the gift and uh I I totally understand because if if the um role if the roles were reversed I would I would be doing what you're doing is it's it's kind of a tough position of you don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth but you gotta yeah you got a show to do well and I'm gonna like suck it up for the team and I'm gonna drink this whole thing like <laughs> oh. I will do that for you and for thank you the others listening thank you it's all we can ask just suck it up and drink it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you have? Uh, I actually have already finished it. Um, I I enjoyed what? mine, uh, and I polished it off. In uh, um, full disclosure, this is my second podcast of the day, and I'm I love it. Like I I could do this. I, I feel like I could record two podcasts twice a week. If if time actually allotted, I would love to do it. What are you, Kevin Smith? Uh, I wish. I wish. I didn't care about what critics thought and then complained about critics. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I love this is uh, my hobby. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing it. And uh, about halfway through the... Um, Mavs podcast I was just recording. I, I cracked into an all right, all right, all right. Oh. Uh, I wanted to have this last week since um, we were talking McConaughey, but my my work schedule, I kind of had to play it safe um, because this is a big beer. It's a 9.2 ABV, 112 IBUs. Uh, it's an Imperial Double Rye IPA uh, from nice. Second Line Brewing. Yummy. In New Orleans. Not from NOLA, just so you know. Uh, and it is um, – I gave it a four because uh, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get any of the – okay, so uh, it's uh, according to Untapped, it's got Citra equinox and mosaic hops how could you go wrong and uh so the the hoppy flavors totally got it was great a nice big um flavor that sticks with you um but i do love um they're kind of few and far between the ones that i love but i do love a rye uh pale ale when it's done right and this one i 
it's almost rye only in name. I didn't get any of the rye flavors, um, the dryness or, or, or anything like that. So um, it, uh, the hops were great. The rye just wasn't there for me, but it was still an excellent Imperial. So um, I gave it a four. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excited about it. And um, as, as a little bonus, I'm drinking a uh, farmhouse ale now called cooped up oh there you go yeah i'm a fan of that as well but uh all the attention should be on the all right all right all right um it is uh a l r y t e the playing on the rye there right yeah yeah Uh, i see what they did there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh it's a solid beer uh good i'm glad you like it yeah the title led me the the name led me astray a little bit but if i if someone just poured it for me and said try this oh perfect great good stuff yeah um i was just with knowing what it is i was hoping for a little more of that rye action but still in 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 all honesty not not disappointed you know a 4.0 beer on untapped that's that's pretty good yeah really good yeah. Awesome. Well, good beers. Well, some good beers. Mm-hmm. I am going to finish this. Beers. Man. We're having beers. We're talking movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to like this beer, but it's just that aftertaste is is just a little bit too much. Yeah, I know what you mean. The, the, um, the maltiness can kind of... Uh, it's almost, I don't know how to articulate it properly. So maybe I would just say it's, it's almost like this, like dullness that washes over. I would say it's like Like, what you, it's almost like what you, like what you imagine someone who has coffee breath, if you had that in your mouth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, kind of coats or your. Like, say you had coffee and had nothing else to eat for the rest of the day, or and had another like coffee, mm. and it's it just it just stays in your mouth for a while. And I'm I know it's very very lewd and sexual. Yeah. What I'm saying right now, but oh no, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. There's there's an aftertaste to it that uh, you know. That's, uh, maybe this is an early morning beer, so maybe I'll save it for tomorrow morning. When yeah, I drive to work, drive in, not bad. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, uh, but thank you, Master Jeff, for sending it to me because, like, as, as much as I'm bitching about it, like, I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so. Mm-hmm. Thank well, not so, but thank you so much. So does live in Portland. Oh, that's right. Maybe we should hook those two up. Be pretty sweet. Maybe, yeah, they're both beer guys, so nothing they are. that. They are. Um, but if you would like to join us on Untapped, you can. Yeah. Uh, we are Brewing View Pod on Untapped, and you can cheers us and like us and all those good things. Um, I always forget where to go to find, uh, like, the, uh, you know, the different people people are drinking stuff damn it oh um oh huh? there should be 
If you're on your and phone, friends, it should be if you just hit the like far left, like the bullet pointed icon. Yes, yes, but it's yeah. not updating. What? Oh, right, no, yep. Sorry, I clicked on something. And anyways, we're going to Brennan, who is having a, a zoomy zest Ooh. from uh, Grim Artisanal Ales. That sounds like a uh, what do you call it? Grim, a vegan thing. Maybe it is. I'm sorry. Maybe, Brennan. Lois. I am sorry. Um, <laughs> but he really liked that a lot. It's a stout, an imperial stout, I guess. Uh, give it a 4.5. Fredo, Mr. Fredo, had a hop trap mm. from Lakewood Brewing Company. Uh, it's an IBA, uh, IPA Belgian, which is odd. That's an interesting But mix. he must have had it at 80, AT&T Stadium. So he went to see it at the, the game. The game was on. I guess, but it was four hours ago, so I don't know. If... Wait, AT&T Stadium? I have no idea. Uh, but uh, we'll go to oh Neil. I'm so lost. I definitely what? just thought it. I I just thought to myself, is it Monday? And then is it Thursday? <laughs> it's neither, guys. No. It's right in the, well, not quite in the middle, but. Yeah, it's close. Close, close enough. Yeah. Uh, but Neil, Mr. Orange Peel, mm-hmm. uh, had a, a salt tire. Mm. From It's a lager from Bellhaven Brewery. Mm. I hope that's uh, not one of the ones where it's exactly what it sounds like. No, he really didn't like this. He gave it 1.5. Yeah, no love. So, sorry about that. Mr. Er, Matt K. had a Whitson Ale from Arcadia Brewing Company, which I think is up in New York. Um, a pale ale wheat. Not bad. And, yeah. So mm. those are just some of the people that are drinking around the world yeah. and following us. And Ross Vivian. Did we ever figure out who Ross Vivian was? No. I got a notification that he was up to something today. Yeah. He had a throwback IPA, so it was way back. Pirate Life Brewing. Mm. So Looks like good he liked it. Classic Ross. Yeah. Oh, and David Kyle. Our friend from uh, our two pursuits had a beer. So nice. Got all me. kinds of friends all around the world join in the fun, have fun with us, Got and drink beer. Love it. Yes, um, join us on there. We are. <laughs> we might not know who you are, but you could get featured on the opening segment of the show. So, well, if you have a weird name like Vivian Ross, we're gonna ask some questions. Sorry, yes. Ross. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, um, follow us on there because we, uh, we love to know what you're drinking, obviously. And uh, if you hear us talking about something, you can add it to your wish list. Um, I'm trying to learn more about Untapped because I use it for very – I'm very straightforward with my use. Like, I uh, check in and close the app. Um, but the uh, the beer locator and wish list thing is is pretty sweet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it can like you can use it to your advantage. Yeah, like, and do it. Don't yeah. like don't let us uh, discourage you from doing that because you're like, gonna get out as much as you put in. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. So moving on to. Movies. Yeah. Um, 
Which one do you want to do first? Because we've both seen both of them, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, we can go with a. I mean, upbeat, up fun one or downer. I f- I feel like we should finish a little higher. Up. Yeah. Why don't we do that? So yeah, I hit you with a uh, documentary this week. Yeah. From last um, year. So let me pull it up on my phone. And I'm sorry, guys. I. It's man. We're recording it's... pretty late on your end. Yeah. Well, it's 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 more me just being unorganized. But um, I have some good. I gave you uh, the out. Yes. <laughs> All right. So in nineteen or two thousand sixteen, there was a movie called A Plastic Ocean, which is an hour and forty two minute documentary, uh, pretty much about the, um, well, how bad we are as humans Mm -hmm. so it's basically saying what we are putting into the ocean as far as plastic goes and the effects that is we're getting our comeuppance i guess yeah uh so this is a documentary it's a a feel bad documentary (laughs) um about uh pollution right i mean like you look in this okay so um, in your day-to-day life, you look around at how much plastic you use, like mm-hmm. disposable plastic. Like, what do you throw away during the day that you use, and where does that go? Right. And they are looking at uh, the effect it has on the ocean. And um, it's an effective documentary. It's one of those, um, I wouldn't say it's so much of a, uh, an inconvenient truth. But it has those overtones, right? Like the like doomsday overtone. Yeah. Kind of it doesn't have kind of the, not literally, but it doesn't have that ticker in the corner of like, it's, right. it's like all this over. The end. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I kind of jumped on you. No. Um, the ticker in the corner saying, you know, we, in this, this long, we're going to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have a, uh, it does kind of show the, the major effects in like, and not like, okay, like hypothetical, this is what's happening, happening, mm-hmm. like literally showing you like autopsies yeah. and that kind of thing. Like what plastic is doing to the ocean and the pe- or the animals that live off of the ocean and what kind of effect that has on us. Right. right. Um, and I like of all weeks of all weeks, I would like, would love to have OT come on and, and talk about this. Like, cause I think she would have some, she would love to talk about it, but I'm sure just not on mic. Yes. Uh... But one day we'll get her on. Yeah. Um, so it it's it is really good. It's effective um, mm-hmm. because they do show the doom and gloom, mm-hmm. and you get to the point where you're like, okay, quit bashing me over the head with it. And then at that point, they kind of turn around and say what we are doing to make things better. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a good it's a good documentary as far as uh as being effective is like so showing you what we can do what you can do uh to make things better now like i'm watching it as sitting in south central pa mm-hmm. 
Sounds like it was a good day. It was. And my wife and I were watching and we're, we're appalled by what we're seeing, right? We're seeing, um, you know, birds being, their bellies being cut open and seeing, yeah. you know, there's like all this plastic in there. They can't digest and it's filling them up and it's killing them. Or it's the uh, turtles who are eating and consuming these things or the seals being uh, choked by these plastic bags and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm starting, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, we recycle, we do all these things. Like how much of this are we doing? Mm-hmm. And this is, is this something that may not be popular to say, or, or maybe not um, very PC to say, um, but like how, how much, how much harm am I doing to the environment? Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't we showing like, okay, shove this shove this movie like the only people that are going to watch this movie are people that already recycle and say yes isn't this bad right yeah so like what what can we do like what effect is this movie going to have if the people in and like quite frankly the the countries that are the most um uh negligent and or culpable of these like acts like, what effect is that going to have on them? Because, like, 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 the United States, like, we recycle probably more than any other country in the world, mm-hmm. other than maybe, like, some fringe country, like some tiny little country, like, per capita. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. But, like, like, what does this do? Like, how can we, how can we affect change? I mean, yeah, it's kind of a hard thing. Um, especially if you're just talking about from like, like I know we recycle, but we can't recycle glass bottles. Right. So like as a beer drinker, it's like, uh, you know, you, you gotta find a home brewer. Yeah. Right. As someone who's, who's into the culture, like how do you, like, do you just wipe out, a good percentage of the craft beer that you try. I I mean, I'll tell you truthfully, I didn't. Um, you know, the the beer I reviewed tonight came in a glass bottle and it only came in a glass bottle. Right. Um, it's not like I could have gotten it in cans. So, uh, it, I don't know. It's one. It's one of those where it it sucks, but it's like it can only change as much as you want to change, I guess. Like we do recycle. I know you say you guys recycle. Um, well, I guess, I guess one of the big things is the, um, the non reusable plastics. Mm-hmm. Like, cause this thing was all about plastic. It wasn't about, yes. Um, you know, nu- nuclear energy or anything like that. Like these, all these toxins in the water, it's all about the plastic. Right. Yeah. And the non, the non reusable plastics, and I, it, and honestly, like I watched it, and I'm thinking, and the next couple of days, I was like, okay, like what am I doing as far as consuming, mm-hmm. and what am I uh, using that could be changed over? And just today, I went to uh, a convenience store to get my my lunch for well for lunch, um, <laughs> and they had switched over from plastic to paper bags. Nice, and I was like is that maybe a sign what what is that you know like that's it's a little weird you know that 
just based on watching this. Like, because like plastic is bad. Like, yeah. it's not. It's done some great things. Don't get me wrong. Like, for sure. You know, like, for sure. I mean, so many great things have happened because of plastic. You look at, you know, uh, uh, pacemakers have plastic. Whatever you know, whatever uh, plastic is done, but also the convenience of life or the day to day like ease of life Mm -hmm. you know like how much do you want to inconvenience yourself to um make a better environment yeah and it really does like they're um they did some swaths i guess through the ocean where they took these like um uh like uh like scientific butterfly nets i guess you would say and like pulled them through the ocean to see and and to see how much uh plastic particles were in um a certain swath of this ocean and when you when you saw what they pulled out it was really revealing yeah and um and but you know like how much can we do? Like how much can you right. and I do? And it, it's it's a it's you know these documentaries are meant to to invoke change. Yeah. And how much like how much will you and I change, or how much will someone listening? Hopefully it does. Like even one person that changes, I guess it's worth it. Um. Yeah. I think it comes down to how much are you willing to be, um. The change you want to see like because it's um it's it's hard and and i mean we could get caught up pretty easily in like well you know if one person does it it doesn't change much because there's you know billions of people on the planet um but uh how you know how willing are you to just commit to that and hopefully other people will catch on and you know, the more and more people see stuff like this, maybe the more and more people will be inclined to not even stop using plastics. Like just, um, if you get like plastic from a takeout, like I'm looking at our counter right now, we have stuff that's probably six months old. Like we got it with some takeout stuff, but we just washed it and OT brings it to work, like brings her lunch to work in it. Right. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm also looking at our counter and we have a shit ton. Uh, we have 28 water bottles on our counter right now. Um, but that also is because um, we're under a boil advisory, which I think I talked I talked to you about, but I don't think I said on the podcast. No, you did. Our, yeah, I think you did. OK, so, yeah. yeah, we we have to boil our tap water and we don't have any clean drinking water at the moment. Um, so. Uh, yeah. At some point, Where you're going to you? be dependent on it uh, to to a degree. Um, so I'm just kind of seeing too, because we're not realistically, you know, we we both saw this movie and we both made an effort to kind of scale back on that sort of thing. But realistically, it's like, you know, we don't have any clean drinking water. We can't just keep boiling water every time we want something to drink so yeah um yeah yeah weird weird circumstances like that are are a part of life i guess but well i think it's hard to um it's hard to change and i i I mean maybe it's a it's a pie in the sky thing but like when you you know you see something like it's 
this is to affect change across the board. Maybe mm -hmm. like the people that saw it, let's say a million people saw this movie, you know, and yeah, for okay. a week they changed their ways. Yeah. Maybe that makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, or there's a handful of those that actually change their, you know, they're really affected by it and change their whole way of living, you know, and eliminate all that stuff. So like, um, but I think day-to-day -day life, you know, people are, are really consumed by day-to-day -day life. And like, yeah. I know for you and me, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like survival day-to-day, -day, but it is like we're consumed by our jobs and our, yeah. our relationships and stuff like that. Convenience, like how much affordability. Time have to worry about yeah. the, you know, the pygmy blue whale. Yeah. Well, I need to break this. I know up. you've been dancing. Yeah. So, but I, I do have a thought. I'm going to write it down. Uh, pee it, and we'll be pee right in a back. bottle. <laughs> I can't on camera. Not with everyone watching. BRB. All right. That really, uh, well, it, as a guy who doesn't really get hangovers, that, that's the worst part about drinking is just you don't have to go to the bathroom until you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it's yeah. game on. Yep. And then it's over. And then you just keep putting liquids back in. Um, but so uh, the old adage, reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. um, I guess there there is a fourth R in the mix um, called uh, called uh, refuse. So it's refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. Now, uh, right. And when you think of that, like where where can you cut plastics out? Where can you like? Okay, well, instead Do you guys of have... A, I'll get B, and yeah, yeah. Do well, you, so you have paper bags, etc. Right. So, well, like um, you know, you walk into like um, every day. I walk into, and not every day, but like when it starts getting cold outside, I will get coffee because I'm not a big coffee fan. But like, mm -hmm. I will drink it just for the heat and for the caffeine boost, right? Right. And I go into my place, but I never go in with and get uh, the the throwaway one thing, right? Right. I, I always go in with my mug that my wife got me a couple years ago, there you and go. that's one way to reduce, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you go into places, and I like they kind of did this like on him, hidden camera in this movie, like refuse, like right. what you were saying. Uh, when yeah. they don't have a, I think they a, went to a uh, bunch of like restaurants in Austin. Right. Right. And like the most crunchiest city in the world, right? Right. Super granola. Yeah. And so it it's a it's it'll make it's this is a documentary will make you think. And like it was well done. It was it was manipulative for sure because they're showing you and but these things are real. I mean they're showing right. you those kids um that that work in like go through these giant mounds of trash and it's just like Jesus Christ, like Oh my God. Like why would like people actually live like this? And like, yeah. yes, this is a truth that like you should know and like realize how freaking fortunate you are. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so it is effective. It, it is effective. I, I actually gave it a seven. Nice. Uh, as far as the documentary goes, and like it, more than my rating, it is. It makes me want to change my behavior a little bit. Um, and kind of like what uh, you know the the what the hot girls wanted last week did. It's just right. like uh, oh, this is a seedy side of what you, like what we're not used to. You know. Yeah. Um, and. It, you know how much can we change it i don't know yeah but if you do a little bit on your own right. and you can pass this movie on i'd say you should watch this as a as a as a listener of this podcast this is something you should watch and just kind of take in and say oh what can i do yeah maybe not that much but i can do my my part yeah well if you don't do anything nothing will change so that's right you know it's your fault at least you try <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, don't need to point blame at anyone, but yeah, looking you know. all eyes on you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, with your descriptive beers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I actually gave it to seven <clears throat> also. So, um, s- moving away from the message, what did you think of the structure of the movie? Um, the structure was good because of the the way they kept. I mean, it was manipulative, um, but it was effective manipulative, right? So, like, yeah. they're trying to put a message across, and it was effective. Right. Uh, I never thought at any time that it was, uh, like, grandstanding or, like, right at the point it started to get a little preachy, it mm-hmm. went to the, oh, this is what we are doing. You know, this is how bad we've been. This is what we can do. And I thought it was structurally, like, as far as, like, the, uh, are you talking about, like, in, in the time you've been watching this, we've. Um, no, so I, I had a problem with the movie from a structural standpoint. Uh, maybe not structural standpoint, but maybe I, I felt that it lacked a certain level of focus. Um it's been a few months since I've seen it, but I do remember it. There were some things that kind of were picked up and then just dropped like, uh, Oh yeah. I, I know one thing for sure is like the, just, the people like burning the plastic to heat their food. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like was that like a, was just like not, it wasn't very focused. Like it was it, like a quick in and out. Yeah. It was introductory. And then it just, it, it didn't follow through and then some of the other stuff that they they chose to to focus on, maybe um, a little bit overdone. Like, yeah. yes, yeah. it is more effective to show the birds with their open bellies, yeah, autopsy, which is scary. and all that. What does that like, say about us as as humans? Yeah, and 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 then not focusing on like <laughs> the kids with like uh, you know some kind of weird leukemia. That uh, have been working in these. They should have gone to college. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Birds, uh, though. <laughs> birds can't go to college. No. Yeah, I think I think that it just... There were a couple subjects that it just kind of picked up and dropped. And um, they just weren't fully developed. So that's kind of one of the, the knocks I, I had against it as um, kind of critiquing it as a movie. Yeah, I would say that there's some of that. Like, there were some. I mean, 
but this is a broad movie and yeah. like the things that they they focused on was it was um yeah i i would i would agree with you that there was but there was at the same time there were so many things they could have focused on as well yeah they, they decided to focus on like some whale art with yeah bottles <laughs> yeah see this is one thing you can do yeah yeah Good, I, I get it i do no, yeah, I, I get it, but I, I just, um, especially the, the people fucking cooking in the huts that are just like, that's, yeah, that's fucking sad. And like, yeah, I mean, what, what we're talking about is like, they're taking all this plastic that is, and they don't have like a real good fuel source. So what do they do? They take plastic and they burn it because it burns hot and it burns long, but they're also cooking it in like closed areas where they are bringing them in and it's like this is a culture this is like a part of their lives this is how they cook foods and like right um it's it is not good i mean these people are gonna die early i mean these people i mean that lady's gonna die way earlier than she should yeah yes and um i don't know it's a bummer because I, i i think you're right like that doesn't get people going the way <laughs> yeah a bird yeah a bird like dying on the beach does yeah yeah i it's it sucks but like that's where's i you know that's probably more like and <laughs> as much as we love movies this that's probably a result of like watching and like uh you know some like media is yeah. you know life has you know watching you know, a movie like The Cove is so more effective than watching a movie like, hmm, well, maybe not. Um, but, like, that evokes some kind of emotional, like, revulsion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, where people people would, I don't know. It's, yeah. You're right. It's, it's... Yeah. I mean, they... But I think they know what they're doing too with that as far sure. as um playing to an audience. So which is I guess good on their part, but it's just kind of a bummer that like I would I would I kind of, you know, put people above birds, but whatever. You you would think. Whatever. You would think. Um but yeah, I I did like it, and I think that um, I'm with you. Like, I would recommend this. I I think that it's a worthy watch, and I I do think that it's not accusatory. Um, which it's I think it's is more a, of a plea. Yeah, which I think is the the risk you run with these subjects um, that are uh, quote unquote left leaning. Um, is that it, it runs the risk of being accusatory. And uh, it's more of a, a cry for help, a call to action. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, moving on. It's also a fun romp. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Let us. You assigned me a Netflix original from this year called Little Evil. And it was written and directed by Eli Craig. Eli Craig would be most known for things like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, 
and a little movie called Zombieland. He directed both of those. Um, let me check the writing credits on that. Let's see. Um, he wrote Tucker and Dale versus Evil as well. So uh, a guy who um, likes the horror genre, but also likes to have a good time. Um, it's starring Adam Scott, Evangeline Lilly. Uh, Sally Fields in the mix there. Uh, and Owen Atlas plays young Lucas. So, uh, Little Evil is about Gary, who has just married Samantha, the woman of his dreams. And he discovers that her six-year-old son may be the Antichrist. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty... Speaking of fun romps, it's a pretty fun romp. Um, I think this movie uh, has uh, a good understanding of horror movies. And I think that's one of the things that really drew me to it uh, as a fan of horror movies. It had those... uh, It knew when to play with the tropes. It knew knew how to set up shots and etc. But... But before we get into all that, Adam Scott plays Gary, and uh, he he has married Samantha, played by Evangeline Lilly, uh, and her son Lucas. Um, Gary and Lucas haven't spent a lot of time together, and Gary is is rightfully weirded out by little Lucas, and um, through a series of events, we come to understand that Lucas is possibly the uh devil incarnate (laughs) (laughs) and um there's uh a lot of misfortunes for adam scott's gary along the way and uh luckily for us as the viewers um my personal favorite part of the movie is uh bridget everett plays a character named al really really love i thought it was so it was so for me this character was all about overcompensation oh i thought it was a poor man holy man's, shit uh poor <laughs> man's uh what's her name uh, uh uh oh who does uh sean spicer um, oh melissa mccarthy yes i thought it was a poor man's melissa mccarthy i mean melissa mccarthy is kind of the poor man's melissa mccarthy yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, I she and I get some it. Really she weird came around at the projects. end. No, no. Uh, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I understand where you're coming from in that for sure. And now that you mention it, she definitely does remind me of Melissa McCarthy's character in Bridesmaids. But I just thought that she was so. Um, just all the like dudes and the mans and like, like great party, dude. Like, it's just, like, so, like, I'm one, like, just white knuckle grabbing onto those reins of the, I'm one of the guys, and, like, yeah. I just, yeah. I found her to be really funny. And I think that goes to the, the to the credit of the writing list. I mm-hmm. thought this was written really well. Yeah. Because it was, like, a movie like this, like, is, has to balance has to balance between a farce mm-hmm. and a comedy, right? Like, or yeah, it, it doesn't work the same way that something, um, 
Like it, it, it's definitely leans more to a comedy than a commentary on the genre. Yes. Um, or a spoof of it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it's not as because it's not a spoof. It's it's a it's a send up like just like Tucker and Dale was. Yeah, it's a send up like a love letter to it, but like with a or a, a better example of this would be uh, Kevin in the Woods, right? Because like there were so many comedic parts in Kevin yeah. in the Woods. This actually had that same feel to it. It had yeah, it had the. Um... The, the playing with the tropes, the uh, um, the something being kind of off, kind of like like Adam Scott was um, like Gary, his character. Gary, it, it, sometimes it felt like Gary was in a different mood. Like Gary was stuck in a horror movie and everyone else was in this family drama. Right, everyone's wrapped up in their own. Yeah, and I felt that that thing. was kind of part of the fun of of the movie. Um, some honestly, some of my fa- I loved the um, the kind of AA like group therapy session with the mm-hmm. stepdads. I thought that was so. <laughs> I thought even the, even the, the ther- shitting in the the top drawer was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's talking about the backpack. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I imagine this movie was written around that scene, right? Where they're all sitting around like a stepfather's AA. Yeah. Like they're kind of like, what if you had a stepkid so bad that you had to go to therapy? Right. What if he was evil? Like, yeah, it just kind of snowballs from there. But uh, it just, oh, man. Because it, it was a great, um, what I like is the main characters are all, the stepdads are all kind of lame. Like you wouldn't really want them as your stepdad. Right. And um they're just like I uh the scene when the garage door is coming up and there's like one of them is in like uh white new balances and like these kind of like acid wash jeans. <laughs> I, right. don't, I don't know. It just like it it rings true and it just I, I don't know. It, it it connected on a lot of its jokes. Yeah, and I think the other thing with it was it wasn't like a joke per minute, joke per minute. Like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it 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 breathed, and it wasn't like it it doesn't it didn't it wasn't desperate to make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of two like kind of two approach like Anchorman. I don't think Anchorman's a good movie, but I think Anchorman's a funny movie because it's right. it's laughs per minute are are through the roof, if in my opinion. Uh, but its actual like merit and value as a movie are pretty low. Like the the story's crap, the the execution's not great, but you get a bunch of people who are who know how to make you laugh, and uh, and that can carry it. This is kind of a best of both worlds scenario yeah I, and it's because a movie like Anchorman is is mm-hmm. all improv yeah stuff and like a, a, a loose story done around it yeah Based the story on, is like, very every, secondary we're gonna rely on everyone's comedic ability to make this work just mm-hmm. for the improv part of it where this 
every it is written. I think everything is scripted. Like everyone's sticking to the script. The only person yeah. probably was that was improv was Al's character mm-hmm. in certain parts. Um, I really like Brad Williams showing up in the middle of it. That was good. Um, As Gosmel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that, He's a funny dude. That, I really like my. Him. That was my my favorite exchange was when he's talking about the uh, the keymaster. Yes. And he goes, "No, I made it up. It's from Ghostbusters." And and, and Gary, under his breath, was like, "Well, if it's from Ghostbusters, you didn't make it up." it's like those those little moments are what made me really enjoy this movie it's like there's there's um they and i think that's the mark of a of a pretty solid comedy is when you can capitalize on those little moments and those things like 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 that didn't need to be said and the movie would still move forward but just Just those those little snide remarks and <laughs> it's from Ghostbusters. You didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, that, so like I was I was, was kind of worried like at the beginning of this. I was like, oh, is this gonna be any good? Is this gonna be any good? And like as it unfolded mm-hmm. and it, it was paced really well. Yeah. Um it I mean, there's nothing new you're gonna see out. There's a little bit there's uh there's a little bit of Shaun of the Dead type yeah editing uh, editing right right yeah so like i i got that same feel and it had the same that's the same type of movie that this is mm-hmm. where it's a send up it's a love letter to it but like okay we're gonna have fun with it you yeah. know what i mean um because like edgar wright obviously loved all the the zombie movie you know right. the, the the george romero stuff and like he he loved it so much he was going to do his own spin but he wasn't going to make a remake of it let's let's put his own spin on it and made something brilliant right right and i think i think that this guy uh what's his name again uh eli craig yeah did a great job and just like uh, and just like tucker and dale mm-hmm. i it's a, it's a great it's a a fun little movie it really yeah. is um i don't i, I it's probably as good as Tucker Dale for me because I really enjoyed this. Like I was really surprised how good this movie was. Yeah, I um, I I like it. Uh, as um, so for Tucker and Dale versus Evil, it's kind of the um, not the movie Cabin in the Woods, but the Cabin in the Woods like Wrong Turn, Cabin Fever, Send Up. This is more um, Omen centric. Right. And uh, so I, um, I don't know. Maybe it was just because I saw it more recently, but I kind of would give the edge to Little Evil. Like I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, right. I I really like Tucker and Dable versus Evil as well. Um, but maybe just the source material that they're kind of showing love to and and sending up. Maybe this is like a genre in and of itself because we have the um, the spoofs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the scary movie, right? Or the Naked Gun, or you know, uh, Airplane, or those kind of movies, right? Where they're straight up spoofs, or I don't know what what's the other just a send up term. Um, then yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a different 
kind of thing because it it, it's yeah. actually like you take out a couple of the jokes and it's actually a decent movie just like yeah. and i would i would consider like cabin in the woods i would consider Shaun of the dead mm-hmm. uh tucker dale and this movie all in the same kind of genre where it is a a love letter to it's not it's not making fun of the genre where those yeah. other movies are making fun of the genre it can right? function it, with a few tweaks it can function as a, a pure horror film yes yeah so. and and just like those other movies like cabin in the woods like there's there's so many funny parts in it but in and of itself it is a scary yeah movie oh and or uh Shaun of the dead where you take out the buddy comedy thing of it it is still a, a zombie flick right right and i think this is a genre in and of itself where it's a love letter to that whatever they're speaking to yeah. but they're putting their own spin on it and making a good movie like they're not they're not trying to make fun of all the tropes mm-hmm. you know they're taking the tropes and putting their own little spin on it and yeah. I, I think that we could i think we could uh you know, trademark this as a genre. Yeah, I think it's up to us. I'm just, I'm just thinking of all the little like the um, just the funny little little moments, like when uh, Evangeline I, I thought really walks the into sandbags the on the arms. Was yeah, the funniest thing ever. Like the funniest. I just laughed my ass I, off. Like I've seen those things. And I'm sorry, like, I put sandbags <laughs> on your arms. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I I love when uh, Evangeline Lily is going through in into Lucas's room and uh, he he's written like rapture backwards. Oh, like, like, oh how creative! So creative. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that I for a little bit I thought that it was going to go this route, um, which I I think would have been a really good route as well is where none of this stuff is is um literal it's just through the scope of the stepdad and his like um, oh yeah his his thankless task of being a stepdad and it's just all his like his his, mindset his paranoia and his yeah yeah absolutely um i thought that would have been an interesting take on it um but yeah, I I do think too when we're talking about this this kind of hybrid genre here, a lot of it has to do with the climax and if you think about all those movies, they do have kind of a true horror climax. Um yeah. and, I, and I think that's really interesting and I think that's why they're kind of able to toe that line is um they they know how to tell their jokes, but they also understand the genre that they're playing with really well. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're uh, they're students of that, mm-hmm. you know, that whatever they're whatever they're you know they're uh, uh, you know they're mimicking or or, or sending up, mm-hmm. um, but they're you know they're trying to pay some homage to it because like to try to uh, make a better movie than The Omen, you know, because this ba- movie is basically The Omen, right? Yeah, right. It's a thankless task. Right, like, why would you try to do that other than to do it this way? Yeah, make, make it, a and like, it's it's a shame because this movie is not. No one's gonna see this movie. No one, no one, and like, based yeah. on the the scores I've seen on uh, IMDb, yeah, like, it's no not one, getting great. no one really likes it. And no. I think this is like 
Shaun of the Dead is in my top five movies of all time. Yeah, I mean, and if, if if you're comparing I'd, this to Shaun of the Dead, I, I mean, that's a that's a tough measuring stick. But but this movie is nowhere near what it's getting. It, it it's a fun movie. Like I had my arms crossed. And I was like, "What did I do to Andrew this week?" <laughs> no, nah, I, I was happy. I was. I'm glad to hear you liked it. And I think it's a it's worth a watch. I'm pretty sure that um, pretty quickly I was in too. I I um, yeah. I don't think I I had my arms crossed at all. Well, uh, Adam Scott helps too because he's oh, so he's such a good actor. He's yeah. so good. He's like such, I really like him. He's such a good like he's he's the everyman of a new like kind of cynical era. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm looking at um to backtrack a little bit. A Plastic Ocean only has 281 user reviews. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the lowest for a movie I've seen. We'll just wait till this episode comes out. Yeah. 283, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> um that's crazy. But yeah, this uh so this is trending at a 5.7 with 6650. It's so low. That's yeah. so low. I give this an 8. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, I think that it, I think that one of the big things about this movie that, that, um, I got to give it, uh, it's props for is that I feel like it accomplished every goal it set out to accomplish. Um, there were some wishy-washy things like, uh, the relationships and friendships were kind of weird. Like, uh, as far as. He the went, Wendy character was kind yeah, of Yeah, like she she was at she met them at this birthday party and then all of a sudden she was like uh, a pillar for them. And then it's kind of same with well, the I, but I like the fact that she but, just thought he was such an incompetent fool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's also one of the things where I I, I was kind of thinking that because for a while I was thinking it might just go down this road of like this is these are just the paranoid thoughts of a new stepdad. Yeah. And I was thinking that she was kind of leading leading it down that path. Like what an idiot. But um like little stuff like that I it didn't detract from the movie, but no. it's just stuff that I noticed that I feel like is worth pointing out that. Yeah. Like, but I like the fact that like, there was never, they never had to talk about the relationship between Al and Wendy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, just like smoking, not smoking hot, but like hot chick. Yeah. Like married to this. Obese <laughs> man lady. Yeah. Ah, man. <laughs> I, I thought Al was great. I'm, yeah, I, no, I, mean, I mean, at it, the end of the day, after, you gave it an eight. A while, so it rubbed off on me. Yeah, but, but oh man, I just <laughs> she just like at the way that she just so like casually drops like, what's up, dude? Oh, dude, come on, dude, dude, man. Like I don't, I don't know. It just I, on, I felt like her delivery was like she was so great as the she just was was putting or just overcompensating for that's just how how it played to me and to me it was so funny so i don't know but yeah good stuff good stuff 
Ah, uh, but alas, watch that. it. Go watch it. Yeah. We'll go oh. watch, watch both these yes. movies this week. I second that. I would recommend both these movies. I think that, um, yeah, watch Plastic Ocean first, and uh, you know, cleanse the palate with a with some little evil. Yeah, good stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, at this point, I, I think we're going to need some movies to watch next week. You bet. Well, I think this week we get into Fredo. Mm-hmm. We dive deep into Fredo flicks. Hell yeah. Um, so, for you. Yes. Uh, because I know you're such the hip. You are such the hip hop fan. I am. I am. And uh, unfortunately, well it's not getting a lot of great reviews. But I am interested to see what you think of All Eyes on Me. I'm, I'm looking forward to telling you. All Eyes on Me. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So for you, um, and unfortunately, just to to clarify, these are these are not streaming for the general public. These are podcast no. connections. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got one from you from 2016, uh, made a lot of noise in the, uh, award circuit, uh, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. I, I, I'm in love with her, like in love with Jackie. Well, no, <laughs> not like for me. Yeah. But absolutely. yeah, I, Anyways. uh, there was a time where I was. In V for Vendetta, when she shaves her head, she looks like my younger brother. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that that I put the kibosh on that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, but I'm very curious because it it did make some noise, and Natalie Portman, regardless, fantastic. She's great. She's, She's fantastic. Great. Yeah. So, um, should be pretty good. Uh, definitely a lot to talk about next week, but. If you want to wait till then, um, or uh, before you run out and rent these movies, um, yeah, because we don't know if we're gonna like them. Yeah, we'd have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, but here's some movies that we do like. Yes, yes. Uh, I got one from 1991. Ooh, all the way back in the day. Uh, from the Coen Brothers, starring John Turturro and John Goodman. Nice. Uh, Barton Fink. Oh wow! Yeah, that is uh, streaming on Netflix right now. So uh, I yeah had to make a play for that one. Um, I'd say like if you are a uh, this isn't f- this isn't for the faint of heart as far as movie lovers go. Like this isn't this isn't normal. Like it's even harder to watch, I think, than Cohen or uh, than Fargo is. Um, as far as like, it's not their best, but it is their most. It's one of their more interesting ones. Oh I yeah, think, I guess. Um, because it's it's. I don't think it's rewatchable. Like say, Big Lebowski or Fargo or you know what I mean or Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's really interesting. I yeah I I I like it a lot. Um, it, it's, I mean, no Coen Brothers movie for me will be The Big Lebowski, but um, I I 
think it's in there. There was a time where they just didn't miss for me. Like they could not miss. Right. Um, for for my personal taste, and the, this is you get the raising Arizonas, the Blood Simples, the Miller Crossings, the Barton Finks, the um, Fargos. Fargos, and the Big Lebowski's, and and then from there, I, I mean, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou is another great one, um, right? But you know, it just kind of tapers off there. But still good stuff, still, um, still worth seeing. But like, I think this is right in that wheelhouse of like. But it's weird at how Most much writing people they do working too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they write a lot of movies, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't direct them all, so you don't really know that they're doing it. But yeah, yeah. but yes, yeah. But I agree hundred percent what you're saying. Mm-hmm. This falls right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, I'm I haven't seen Hail Caesar yet, but I am hoping that uh, Suburbicon is is good stuff. Um, because I heard Hail Caesar wasn't the best. I'm still going to check it out. I've heard good things about it, though. Oh, really? I, I'm, yeah, I'm like still going to check it out. I've heard some but... really funny parts about it. Like, yeah. Make it laugh. So, uh, For me, I'm going to give you something a little popcorny, but something I still loved. Uh, it was based on a book by John Grisham. Mm. Uh, come, came out in 1997 called The Rainmaker. It, this oh. is a movie I almost assigned you. Uh, it's streaming on uh, Amazon. Uh, it has Matt Damon as the lead, and Danny DeVito is supporting. Claire Danes coming in right behind. Um, like I said, it's a movie based on a book by John Grisham, so it's it's fluffy, but it's still pretty good. It's it's a underdog type story, and who's better than an underdog than Matt Damon? He was uh, the Martian. Nobody. That was a true underdog story. Yes. The true Martian (laughs) pirate underdog story. Uh, It's a really good movie. It really is. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, This is a movie that you can sit down and watch. Like it, it's got. For me, it's it has that Shawshank Redemption feel to it, where you can fall in at any time Hmm. and enjoy the rest of it. Because if you know the characters, they're fun and enjoyable, and it's good. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the underdog getting, uh, getting a bite of, uh, you know, and if you've read the book, it's a decent representation of it. Hmm. Yep. Streaming on Amazon right now. And who doesn't love Claire Danes? Um, I don't know. Crazy people. She can, she can listen to jazz and cry with the best of them. (laughs) Um, I, Ooh, I did not know Coppola did this. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Check well. this out. Yeah. Oh, and not to yeah, mention. Just the, that little. The guy who made like six of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, six is kind of And uh, John Voight. Yeah. The bad guy. So. John Voight? The guy who owned George Costanza's car? Yeah. Crazy. It's Dean Stockwell. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through. Uh, it's a really Coppola's like. I, I honestly would recommend you watching it as well. Yeah, if, and as much as you hate Matt Damon and hate everything he stands for, I don't. Like, and I understand it. Like, look, I know if you're Matt like Damon made Matt a good Damon movie, I would and like, I, it. like, hey, do you not have to defend it? Hey, it's not your Stop fault. It. It's not your fault. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good flick. Good flick. But it, it also it has has all those. There is some like you will watch it and you will feel the '90s coming through as far as the the type uh, '90s style. Hey, as long as it's not the know. '80s. <laughs> '90s are tight. Um, I'm just looking through the stuff that he's directed. Yeah, he's done some good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I haven't caught this one, but in 72, he did something called The Godfather. No, The Godfather's great. Um, it's so weird to me that he, so the movie, The Conversation, I, I think we've talked about this before, the, yes. with Gene Hackman, he only did The Godfather because The Conversation was his passion project. The studi- right. The studio gave him Godfather so that he could do the conversation. The conversation, the conversation yeah. is utterly forgettable. Yeah. And The Godfather and Godfather Part 2, which came out the same year as The Conversation, are yeah. unforgettable. And then Apocalypse Now almost killed. Almost killed. Well, it, it uh, gave us uh, The Island of Lost Souls. So, in, in well, a way. It, like, didn't he have like a heart attack or like a... Oh yeah, I think he almost died. Um, like yeah, from medical complications, and then there yeah. was also a bunch of. There's a ton of weird stories from Apocalypse Now. Yeah, oh, as uh, soon as that's streaming, uh, we gotta find out if that's streaming or not. Heart of Darkness, which is the um, Heart of Darkness, is the that's the book it's based on, right? Right. Well, that's the name of the book, but it's the documentary based on the movie. Oh, Apocalypse. I'm in. Uh, I don't know if that's streaming right now or not. Yeah. We'll find out. We do, I mean, we do a lot of prepping for this show, but yeah. some of it, it's all winging it. But. Yeah. Well, it, you know what? It just, it feels natural in that way that people can relate, get a taste, get a taste of the life. Um, yeah. <laughs> Without Apocalypse, Nar- Marlon Brando wouldn't have done the Island of Lost Souls. Without that, we wouldn't have had the Lost Souls documentary. It's all, yeah, it's all woven together very nicely. Uh, it is not streaming right now, but it is a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which there's not too many movies that are a hundred percent. Really? On yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. You know what? I'm gonna rent that. I think it's so good. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Oh well, it actually killed Martin Sheen. He had like a stroke, like a mini stroke or something like that. Really? Two? Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's it's messed up. Yeah. That that movie like should never have been made. Yeah. Like there's no reason for it to be made. It's it's so psychedelic the way it's made, and, and like it was a 390 day shoot or something like that. Like where most movies are. Are made like yeah, three months over a year. This is insane. over a year in like Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't it, did malaria run rampant? Uh, I'm one? sure. I'm sure. Okay. And cocaine. Well, it's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with a little. Uh, I can't think of a. The only thing that ever comes to mind is devil's lettuce. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little devil's lettuce. Um, there's nothing. Over your sugar? Yeah, 
Yeah, booger sugar. I, I don't like that one. That one. That makes it sound too carefree. Nasal basil? Nasal basil. There's nothing wrong with a little... Uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bender. Um, there's nothing wrong with being fucked up and losing your kids. Finest sinus? Fine, a little, put a little fineness in your sinus, friendo. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's nothing like looking like the guy who loves powdered sugar donuts. Oh, knocked my mic. Um, yeah, so let's rein it in a little bit here. Uh, next yep. week we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna be uh, talking about all yep. eyes on me and Jackie. Um, those uh, are not readily streaming, but thanks to our friend and listener Fredo. In Dallas, yeah, our friendo, our friendo in Dallas is uh, he's got our back there. So we're going to be talking those next week. But fear not, on Netflix you can watch Barton Fink from 1991, and on Amazon Prime from 1997 you can watch The Rainmaker. And uh, you can listen to us on thesaucelounge.com or on iTunes. Uh, subscribe, rate, and comment. That would be awesome. Uh, if you want to hear more of me. I'm uh, on the saucelounge.com every week doing Matt and Andrew versus Society. Um, Sometimes I, later than others. Yeah, I just recorded an episode a few hours ago of that. And uh, they're both going to be dropping at uh, 6 a.m. on Thursday. Nice. 7, 6 central. Double and, dip uh, some Andrew. Yeah, get a, get a taste. Come get a taste, guys. And uh, Mr. Brad, uh, yeah. spanthevoid.com. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, give me. Uh, Spanaboy, yeah, uh, the latest episode is when, that's the one we went off on each other a little bit at the end, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, and, uh, yeah, a fun little time. It is. Was had. Yeah. So, uh, check us out. Four guys, one basement. No rules. Two locations. (laughs) Wait, one, whoa. One dimwit. What what is this? The Stranger Things? Yeah, I can't wait for that to come back. Very excited, much wow. Yeah, well, that I was jonesing for it tonight, or not tonight, but like mm-hmm. uh, in research for tonight's episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, Stranger Things. It's not for the under ten. No, crowd. no, but it had all the earmarks of an under ten movie. Yeah, I think that. Um... Well, I'm get, I'm getting a little insight into your list here. I definitely think that it is influenced by a lot of movies that would oh for sure yeah it'd be great in that time frame. But yeah, I, I can't wait. Gonna be good stuff. Hopefully, time will you tell. Um, if you listen to the show and you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter at Brew and View Pod. But um, even better, just email us. You, you probably have a lot to say. Brewandviewpod at gmail.com. And uh, with that, I think it's time for a little yeah. uh, little countdown. Let's, let's get you... into some 10-year-olds. Wait. You, what? No, I think you got it the first time. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to grab another beer. Why don't you hit us with the premise, and I'll run to my fridge. Okay, so... I have eh, 
I have a five-year-old right now, so he's about to turn six. And <clears throat> I guess a couple weeks ago we were kind of bannering around about like movies that were good for kids and and stuff like that. But like, I think there should be a definitive list for 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 parents or and or for people like movies you should watch by a certain age, right? Um, so I'm 40 right now. I think Andrew's somewhere around like 15 or 16 years old, and I I think like between certain ages you should be watching certain movies. So tonight's list is based on movies from like if you're a parent, this is more important for the parents than it is for the kids because I don't I can't imagine any 10 year olds listen to our podcast. But if you are, shout out. Um, but like for parents, like th- these are the movies you should be showing your kids before they're 10, right? And like for me, I made a list of movies that are, you know, at my, my, my number five is going to be definitely safe for a five or six year old. My number six, number four is closer to like six. And as you get closer to number one, it's like, as you're getting to number or to the age 10. So, um, I'm going to start with the, my number, I'm going to start with my number, uh, five movie. Actually, it's a tie for five, of course, (laughs) Um, where you can watch this movie at the age of five. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to start with uh, and and what's great about most of these movies, actually all these movies on this list is a movie that you can watch as you're five and love it and as you're 55 and still love it. And my number five is the Lego movie. Oh, my God. That's my number five as well. Nice. Not, yeah. I don't know why I would think I was joking. It works out well because that's awesome. Because as as, as a four year old, my son loved this movie, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I know this works. Yeah. And it works more on more levels than one, right? I mean, we've talked about this movie a hundred times on this podcast. Yeah. It it has um, it ages incredibly well, or it it uh, it translates in in different. I mean, I don't have kids and. Uh, I'm in my late twenties now, and I love this movie. Yeah, I mean, and I'm in my like, like mid sixties right now, and I still love Hardly. this movie. And it's it's um, it has a there there the the way they did this movie uh, between the animation and the writing, mm-hmm. it's like. There's a tongue-in-cheek and a, a a serious note. Yeah. On the back end, like it, it actually it, it it tastes. It's like a, a really good beer. Like you have a you know a good sniff of it, like which is it's Legos. Yeah. You you know you waft it in front of your mouth or in front of your nose, and it's it's mm, it smells like Legos. That's yeah. great. That's it's fun. This, and then you take the, the first step. Like. Oh, and this is the animation. This is how we're going to do this, and in the kind of way we're going to approach it, mm-hmm. that's even better. And as it goes down your throat, and you have that finish, it's like oh, it actually has a message without being preachy or and or like or like overbearing. And mm-hmm. it it. Goes down so smooth. This movie, yeah. It, um, I, I love thinking about it from from an adult perspective. I love the incredible risk they take at the end. 
Um, and, and the way that it just pays off, um, fully, fully realized emotional payoff, uh, just such a, um, well-crafted movie. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who, uh, they, they've demonstrated that they know how movies work the way that they've, um, kind of made fun of movies like the the other movie that they did that i love is um 21 jump street i think it's just such a great understanding of how to kind of what we we went back to with um oh yeah little evil you you understand the source material and you have this reverence for it um but you can also push forward and you understand you're never you can poke fun yeah without being irreverent about it yeah and then this movie just ages so well uh, as far as um like appreciating all the, the you know Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, um Morgan uh, Freeman, Will Arnett, Morgan Freeman, Elizabeth Banks. Um th- there's just so many uh things to uh, Charlie Day as Benny, the the yeah. uh yeah. the rocket guy. Um, which I didn't even know until I looked it up. And then afterwards I was like, oh yeah, makes perfect. He's Charlie work. And, and sure. you know what? It, what's great about this. It's going to, it's spawned. It has spawned already. Like yeah. the Batman Lego movie. And it, it spawned like the Ninjago movie. Yeah. Like my, like my son has no idea what Ninjago is, yeah. but like based on and like, I, I have no problem. Like I will take him to that movie. Right. Without having any like reservations because I have no idea what it means. But like I'm sure they're gonna make it make sense. Yeah, and you're probably and gonna have a good time. I'm gonna miss a bunch of jokes, mm-hmm. right? Just like people that don't know anything about Batman, like they took their kids to the Batman Lego Movie. Yeah, miss a ton of jokes. Right. I'm okay with it because yeah. like overall it has a good message and it's gonna be fun for the kids. Yeah. And and I think if you take away um, all the inside joking and all that, I, I think you still have a solidly built. From uh, going back to Lego Movie now, um, as an adult, obviously you you get some of the the um, the humor and and of course you're you're more familiar with all the uh, um, franchises and licensing that that they reference. But it it just I don't know. I I feel like it's a movie that will grow with you if you see it before you're ten. Um, if you see it when you're 15, 20, 25, it, you know, if, Which, if, yeah. if you watch this movie every five years, I feel like every stage of life, there might be that stage where you're just too cool for animated movies. I don't, I don't know if that's really a thing anymore because animation is so well-rounded and well yeah. crafted now. Yeah. Um, but growing up, like there was definitely a time where like, you know, I didn't want to watch fucking cartoons and kids kids shit um yeah. but you didn't I, want to watch finding finding nemo i yeah that's 100 percent accurate that's to this day i don't really like finding nemo because i didn't i i think going back to another list we did of, of just that was a window missed i was like i don't i'm not gonna watch this it's a kids movie what i and what i feel with this movie is there's no wasted moment in it is because like every and whether it's for the kids or for the adults, like every moment in this movie is like building to the next 
pinnacle or or the storytelling is really well done because like they're building on uh building on the kids like a fascination with the lego and like what the 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 journey the hero's tale and stuff and Mm -hmm. as and it it's good for the parents too because like they're watching it and they're thinking like how you know why is this gonna you know why is this affecting me and then all of a sudden there's that big reveal like then it all is revealed Mm -hmm. and it's so rewatchable i mean we watched it i mean 15 20 times already uh nice me and my son so like yeah great flick great movie yeah both are number fives nice and then you know that's and what's awesome is that gets him into legos which is a great toy expensive really expensive weirdly expensive yeah and like uncomfortably expensive but if you have a bunch of older nieces and nephews hand-me-downs so that helps out that's the best part of legos but it makes him build like tonight we were uh i gave him a bath Mm -hmm. and he and he has a bunch of legos in his bath right and he's like this is what i made it showed me like this face he made like this (laughs) weird little face and i was like awesome this is he made a lego guy yeah you know a lego lego face it was cool so uh but my number four um and this is you know i'm not gonna lie this is based a lot on my son because I am right in this age of, you know, what am I going to show him? Like, right. my love of movies. I want him to love movies like I love movies. Like, mm-hmm. and I yell at my wife every day, like, whenever she shows him, like, Sandlot 2. I'm like, is that movie? <laughs> How dare movie? you? Yeah. I Good. Backhand, I backhand her and say, you know. Rule of thumb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyways... Uh, this is a movie that actually is influential to a kid. I can I can actually pinpoint the point of his life where this is influential to my son. Um, in early, late March of this year, he signed up for, or we signed him up for baseball. He had no interest in it. He had no interest in, for it until like almost early June. Like he was bad at it. Like mm-hmm. it took, he was the last person on his team to actually get a hit until he watched the movie The Sandlot. Mm. And after that, I've been throwing a bucket of balls at him for him <laughs> to hit every day for yeah. the, like the whole summer. Like every time we have like some spare time, he wants me to throw baseballs at him and he hits them and he loves the movie The Sandlot. And like this is a great movie for, um, it's just, it's, and, you know, we've talked about it a hundred times and we've talked about Lego movie. Like these are like iconic yeah. movies. Like we're oh, not going to yeah, get a, like, absolutely. we're not going to give you any like secret gem of a movie. Like, no, some... I'm honestly disappointed that this wasn't on my list. Cause I, I remember thinking about this movie and just, right. me. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, essential. Yes, it is. It's one of those things that leads to the, like, oh, well, it's a cliche for a reason. There's a reason that Sandlot has, was, you know, um, instantly, instantly a classic, has all the iconography of, like, a a great movie, and we're still talking about, the reason we keep 
revisiting it. Right. And like, and like, I, I don't think in, they've tried to remake it and they've done a terrible job. Like it, it's, it's a bad writer's like, it's his gem. And like, he did a great job and like, there's like, I can't say anything more than it got my son to love baseball, mm-hmm. uh, a sport that is kind of dying. You know, like most young people these days, like people under the age of 40, like have no interest in baseball unless it has like Damn candy crush. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and he loves it. Like, that's awesome. And, it's so much fun for him. Like we go out and there's nothing better than to go out and have a catch with my son. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all these movies like are anecdotal for me. Yeah. And this is his, this was the one that is the most anecdotal. Um, I think it was on his podcast, but Bill Burr had, had a really good, um, point about about baseball he was talking about um he was just talking about like you you go out there and you you play catch with your son and you're throwing the ball back and forth and and uh you know after a couple tosses you just go how was your day it's like like that's (laughs) it's, it's like a simple way to be a great parent is just you go out you throw a ball around and that you know, loosens things up and you have those conversations. And I think about like me and my brother and, and my, um, the elder of my two younger sisters all the time out there playing sports with our dad. That was a huge foundation. And, um, I, you know, for what it's worth, we also all grew up watching the Sandlot on repeat. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I think, Literally, it's Americana. I mean, it yeah. like it. It takes the best parts of the 1950s and 60s and whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's it's it feels wholesome and like there's no like even though they're doing bad things or you know quote unquote bad things like chewing yeah. tobacco and stuff like that. It's like it makes it lovable and but it's all centered around this like love of the game and like. There's a reason, like, baseball is the, the pastime. Because, like, if you ever go to, like, you went to that minor league game. Yeah. Uh, and how how great is that to sit down and watch a baseball game? It's, I mean. It's not bad. I'll tell you that. No, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. And it just, it um, it's one of those things that you forget about. And I think almost, like, I grew up going to Cubs games. And uh, I think it's something that you almost take for granted. You take for granted so much that you forget it's there. And, you know, this might just be me for sure. Um, You take for granted so much that you almost forget it's there. That when you go back to it, that that familiarity, the, you know, the sights, the sounds, the smells, like it's... uh, It brings you right back. Yeah, the sense memory is just something that you can always fall back on. And that's how I felt last time I watched battered bastards of baseball. It was just, um, the thing I love about that is it's just such a pure 
love of the game type thing. And I don't think any other like, look, I love hockey. I know you love hockey. I would rather watch like I'd watch a regular season hockey game over just about any play and playoff sports are the best. I love even sports. I don't like playoff sports are great. Um, I, I could watch a regular, I could watch a full season of hockey if, if I had the free time. Um, but there's just some, that sense memory of baseball is just, yeah, it's that, that summertime ingrained in you. That summertime childhood. I mean, I think, I really think that a movie like, um, Field of Dreams, like, mm-hmm. like as cheesy as it is and as like corny as it is at times, it's like when, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh crap. Ray Liotta. No, not him. No, no one liked him in that movie. Um, uh, James Earl Jones. He's yes. like baseball. And like when you say the word like baseball in his, like that, like it has a resonance, a resonance, mm-hmm. you know, that baseball was life. Yeah, it's, I was good at it. I love that movie. Love mm-hmm. it. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. And like, I didn't actually feel how good it was because it wasn't in my wheelhouse. I mean, this movie came out in what nineteen early ninety three ish. Yeah, and then like, like, why would I watch it? I I didn't. And it, mm-hmm. I watched it with my son. And I'm like, this is a great flick, and he loves it so much. Oh man, even so much that he loves the like the trilogy, which <laughs> I will. Like I said, ban, yeah, ban, ban. Just quietly move him out of the house. Yes. Um, yeah, my dad has a funny story where he just like it just kind of captivated everyone around that time. Um, everyone who had kids around that time was was taken with that movie, and um, of course we were all about it in my house, and we the rest of the family was gone for the weekend. And so my dad and his uh, buddy, who is my godfather, um, were at our house, like drinking a few beers, I'm sure just, just kicking back. And uh, my, my godfather goes, Oh, Sandlot, we got to watch this. (laughs) And my dad who had been watching it until the fucking tape wore out was like, Oh God. Okay. Again. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, so he he tells that story every now and again. It's just we were heavy rotation in our house. It's a great movie. Ah, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it way back for my number four. All right, uh, back to 1940. Whoa, yeah. So I love movies. Obviously, we're doing this show. Um, but I also really love music and not just, not just rap music. Rap music is the thing that I'm kind of autistic about. Uh, but other than that, um, I, I just, I love music across the board. So when you, uh, put together a movie where, um, you can have incredible visual accompaniments for composers like Bach, uh, Tchaikovsky, Dukas, uh, Stravinsky, a little guy named uh, Ludwig van Beethoven, Ponchielli. Um, there's, mm, there's one more in, in the mix. Uh, Schubert, Franz Schubert. Um, when you can, uh, you put that together with uh, some, some classic animation uh, from Walt Disney. 
you end up with a little movie called Fantasia. Ooh. What age are you going to like give this to the kid? Like what mm. what Well, so the good thing about Fantasia if you're talking about um if you're trying to find a good age, the the, the 6 to 8 is probably not bad, and I'm just thinking because Fantasia you can break it up. Like it it is yeah. a series of self-contained um images and maybe the hope because it does it's a little over two hours um which is which can be tough but uh when uh you you break it up into segments and and the the visuals in in the movie are pretty pretty fucking crazy um just uh very engaging visuals and um I, I just feel like uh, like you can handle it either in segments or or from start to finish. Um, start to finish would probably take a little more patience. Uh, but I, I, I just think it's such a good foundation for um, for just kind of across the board. I mean, you, you talk about Disney animation, you talk about some of the greatest composers of classical music of all time and um that that stuff especially when you're at that kind of malleable age like that stuff definitely sticks with you i 100 percent saw this um definitely before i was 10 and like to this day like you i can um hear certain pieces from the from the movie and and have that association with it and i i think it's just like I don't know, maybe it's a little hoity-toity, but, like, a good foundation of, like, the, um, just of culture, of music, and I, as someone who's just very interested in music, I think that this is, it, it'd almost be a waste to not see this when you're a kid and have this, um, experience. Like, even if you just watch the, um, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's just there's just something about this that that I think can and will resonate with you when you're a young kid and you'll just carry it with you. Well, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I I have zero Disney movies on my my list. I mean, there's kind of Disney movies on my list. But mm -hmm. if I were to have one like this is probably Disney's like I. I guess like once you get to a certain point in time, but like they're like as a 1940 movie, mm -hmm. like how can you like how it's so visually stimulating? Like how yeah. couldn't you put it on a list? Yeah. How like how it's hard to believe this, this was made, uh, um, you know, like right a year after the, the great depression. Boss. Yeah. I, like it's, it's nuts because it um i guess it's just a painstaking attention to detail and honestly another thing is it's probably been restored like crazy yeah but uh it's it just it's so engaging and it's something that you can even as a child just really respond to and then that is um the music is just 
like yeah it's it's almost like not knowing you're getting a crash course in these these musical themes and stuff that are just going to come up over and over again in your life so yeah yeah. oh it's it's disney getting into your kid Mm -hmm. in your Mm -hmm. in your kid head and like yeah insidious insidious inception um (laughs) no for sure it's um it just they definitely know how to captivate an audience and i i i think that this is just like it's tough for me as a as a non-parent um to try and decide like because i i kind of have a vague understanding of what a five-year-old six five like what five through ten year olds are like but i'm not living it on a daily basis so yeah um, but i but i do think that this this um if you catch this before your time this is like it's kind of a building block for for a lot of other things you're going to see in your life and and the um visuals maybe help the music stick with you and as a big um what's well, a quintessential disney yeah i mean it's yeah it is it is that too i mean yeah yeah i mean because like i <clears throat> not sure and i haven't i mean he hasn't seen this but my son at five hasn't seen this and uh i don't know when i would introduce it to him like i don't know how much like in a world where like a couple of my other number here we're gonna fall into but um like in a world where you have such uh the digital mastery that they are pulling off with pixar and disney and all that stuff like how does it hold up but i mean for me it does and for Mm -hmm. you it does but like for that's true five six i mean i hope that it does maybe i'll maybe i'll pull it out and well yeah well (laughs) Until you paused, you were you were on the way to a sentimental moment. <laughs> but I know what that meant. No, um Amber Alert. Yeah. I I think that it could work. Yeah. Good one. I like it. I, I didn't even think of that. That's a really good one. I think a movie like Dumbo too would be really mm-hmm. eh, weird and racist, but uh, Dumbo's a little easier because it's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, weird, yeah. racist, but also like seventy minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, all right. Well, my number three. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna include all these movies in it, but mm-hmm. and it's probably gonna overlap with one or two of yours, I'm sure, or maybe one, at least one of yours. Uh, but. Uh, I'm going to put them all in one category, but at the top of the list, because I know he loves it and my son loves it, um, is the movie Wally and all the Pixar movies Mm -hmm. that go with it. Um, I I thought we were going to be on the same page for our number three, but we're not. But that's okay. Um, Well, because close enough. Wally can't miss obviously you get yeah i mean i i have a dog 
mm-hmm. named Wally because my son loved this movie so much. And so I know it resonates and it resonates and it has a message and it has all those things that go along with what we talked about with the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I mean, Pixar, like they've had, I mean, lately they've had some like quote unquote hit or misses. I thought yeah. like Inside Out was such a great flick. Love that movie. Like it yeah. actually was a deeper movie than uh, I think a lot of people gave it credit for. Um, yeah. My son didn't love it so much, which is a strike against it because you got to hit with the kids as well. Yeah. Um, but he's also five. But a you know older kids may love it. Whatever. Uh, but I mean, and people shit on some of the other Pixar movies and stuff. Um, but the movie Wall-E is the one that stands out, I think, above all, that is the most impactful uh, mm-hmm. and just heartbreaking at points and just uh, heart sw- heart swelling at points. It's just, just a great little movie. And my son loves it. And I will have no trouble. Like He's like, let's watch Wall-E. I'm like, let's do it. Oh, yeah. It's the definitely one that, like, there's... Like if someone recommended that, I'd be like, yeah, but I I can't think of a reason not to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah, love that movie. It's yeah, such absolutely. a great flow flick. It is. It is. Um, I'm trying to think of. I actually did not see Wally for a few years until after it came out. Um, it kind of came out in that sweet spot where I had other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, let me see exactly what year it came out in. Um, uh, early 2008. 2008. So, yeah, I had just um, dropped out of the college for the second time. I had stuff going on. <laughs> I was I was busy drinking 312s and feeling fancy. But um, I, don't, I don't need your rules. Yeah. Dude, what if, like, robots, man? Hmm. Uh, it actually might have been a good time to see it, <clears throat> but um, I, uh, probably within the past maybe five years ago I saw it. But yeah, it's a solid movie, and if if you uh, have the opportunity to you know see it while you're growing up, obviously you 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 have the proof. It resonates, so it's pretty awesome. Well, good good news, Liam does. Yeah, he has the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So these are all. So all my his, his dad does a very very famous podcast. Exactly, it, dad's a world renowned movie and beer critic. Unless he rebels and he does a uh, a, mo- or a podcast about like uh, famous famous vinos and Broadway plays, tea and television shows, <laughs> vinos and wine and. Uh, Yes. Stem and stage. <laughs> the stem and the stage, yes. That's our next podcast. Nice. Well, um, probably not going to be featured on stem and stage, but my number three is pretty captivating nonetheless. Uh, from 1977. Uh, the Star Wars, uh, written and directed by George Lucas, 
before that, before that was a bad thing to say. Yes. Um, this is one you want to get it early. Like you want to get in there uh, because it is captivating. And I'm speaking from being a young kid seeing this. It blows your mind. Like I rem- I don't like remember like the experience I had the first time I watched it, but I remember like going everywhere with the box set under my arm. Like, (laughs) like it was Mm -hmm. a prized possession. Like it wasn't something you could buy for $20. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I even remember as a kid, this probably a little bit older than 10, but, um, so I had the VHS box set where Leonard Malton interviews George Lucas before each movie. And like, I even remember watching those and being like, whoa. Um, but this is a movie that in, if you actually look at it with a critical eye, um, I think the original Star Wars, is it's not the greatest. I think The Empire Strikes Back is an incredible movie. Um, but A New Hope is kind of. It's, yeah, I mean, it's um, great for a 10-year-old. Right. Yeah. Uh, under, under 10, it will, it will spark your imagination. And yes. I think that that's the kind of thing that his, it, it, the thing that's always been so great about Star Wars is not even necessarily, um, the movies. Like I think there's right now, you're just kind of starting to move more towards, there's more subpar Star Wars movies than there are great ones. And I think they're starting to strike a little bit closer to a balance. Um, but when when you see this at the right age, it just it captivates you. And it totally just um, jumpstarts your imagination and, and your curiosity. And it's just so... Well, it, it creates that world where it's right. like, oh, this I could be this guy, or right. I could, you know, like there, there's a definitive bad guy, there's a definitive good guy, right. and, this and there's is what we we're against all odds. Yeah, and it's so easy to understand the archetypes of this, and and um, it's so digestible, um, but it's but it's just it, it's nothing short of fascinating. And um, I, I think that the people that hate Star Wars or, or, or are so tired of Star Wars probably just didn't see it when they were younger. Yeah. And that, uh, that's if, on now. Yeah. If nothing else, it will give you something to watch every December for the next millennium. Um, so, so get them in there. Uh, so that he he can appreciate what's coming out every December, December from Disney, Lucas, whatever conglomerate it is right now. Um, yeah. But it, it just, I, I feel like it sparks something in you. And I feel like there's definitely a window on it. I think it's, you know, I think before 10 is probably best. I think maybe before high school, it's not too late for you. Yeah. But no, and probably not. It depends on what kind of kid you are, mm-hmm. right? Like, but it is, like you said, you every character is so definitive. It's such a good um, representation of the hero's journey 
that even at a young age you can comprehend yeah. and and appreciate all the it's characters. a good it's a good introduction into storytelling it's yeah good versus evil and all that you know and i think a lot of these you know a lot of these movies are that we're talking about like a good versus evil but like the best ones have that over overarching subtext mm-hmm. that the 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 um the adult can watch with now with Star Wars, maybe not, but you know the subsequent movies yeah. will do that for you as far as like you know Empire and yeah. and uh, Return. But um, yeah, uh, well, yeah. I for me for uh, on that subject, I remember the last time I rewatched Star Wars, um, thinking like if I didn't like this, I would hate this. Yeah. So like. <laughs> At this point, it's established. It's too late. I like Star Wars. I like right. A New Hope. It's it's over. But yeah, um, and I think you need to get in on that ground level, right? Yeah. You have to get on that that uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I absolutely. and he he and my son, you know, I I'm going to revert to him because that's my uh, point of reference. Right oh now. yeah, absolutely. Like he digs it, but he does like I've shown him. I mean, he's watched all three of the first. Well, he's watched all. Well, he's watched the first seven movies. Yeah, he's <laughs> watched all seven. Nice. Um, and uh, he just doesn't get it yet. And but he's too young. He's yeah. too young for it. Yeah, and, there's, but, there's still some time. Yeah, I'm. But yeah, I hope not to shove it down his throat. You know what we should do probably right now? Yes. No. I mean, this this has been boy centric manscaping um let's uh i uh i spoke with a very nice lady yeah uh and uh she has some thoughts on the matter um so uh brooke was nice enough to weigh in on this and uh let's give a listen to her list right now okay i'm good all right so i'm giving the top five movies that girls need to watch is that what he said um ki- kids before they're kids. 10 but we'll we'll Girl both kids. probably have male centric views so okay so i'm going to say charlotte's web wizard of oz mm that's a good one um Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That could go. That could be boy or girl. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Um, Annie. Okay. And. I'm thinking there's another one. Oh, Mary Poppins. Nice. I like it. So they're the ones, the classics, I would say. I think I saw all those before I was ten. I think so. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't keeping as close an eye as as I am now on my movie consumption. Well, and now being a teacher, and we can only show rated G movies. If it's PG, we have to get parent permission. Wow! So. Yeah, you need parental guidance. Yes, we do. Sure. So um, that's a little intense. It's a little it too is, much. But it's funny because movies like 
Goonies, I think. Mm-hmm. It's PG. Yeah. And there's no way yeah, I could well, ever <laughs> know that. Yeah, because there was a point before uh, PG-13 didn't exist. I think Jaws is PG. I think it is. My son wants to watch it. Brad can't wait to Well, yeah, just have yeah, Brad sign the permission slip and it's on. I know, right? <laughs> so, yes, they are my five movies. I think they teach good lessons. and Sure. I don't know. They're ones that I would watch again. I like it. All right. All right. I'm going to oh. hand you back over to him, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. See All right. ya. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. So enough of that sissy stuff. <laughs> Ew, girls. Not yeah. under we're going. No we're going to a place where, as a pre-10-year-old, this is your wheelhouse, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is what I call the Spielberg era. Okay. All right? And this, like is, this. this includes, I, I got a four-way tie at this, right? Wow. I got E.T. I got the Goonies. I got Super 8, and I got Stand By Me. Yeah. Now, all, yeah. all friend-centric, uh, pulling on your childhood type thing, like the friends you wish you had, you know, or the, the, the movie that reminds you of the friends you did have. Um, when it comes to E.T., I mean, yeah. You know, you got it's you and your your well, you and your sister and your friends, you know, against the government, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Goonies, it's you and your friends versus you know the the people coming to take your your parents' house. Is like your parents don't know how to take this on. This is this is us. Um, in Super Eight, like like I know this didn't resonate with a lot of people. I love Super Eight so much it had such a spielberg feel to it uh oh, J. J. It Abrams basically a, great a love letter to spielberg yeah yeah um it's such a good movie i mean mm-hmm. it, it's such a good movie and it's watchable for kids under 10 i mean there's some scary elements like i'm not going to show this to my kid now because he's five and he'll have nightmares but a kid at 10 year old at at 10 years old can have nightmares it's okay for him to have nightmares of scary stuff but he knows that he has his friends around him to save him. Uh, and Stand By Me. Like, um, God, what a good movie. Like, a movie that you, like, it's, 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 all these movies are about friends. Yeah. And, like, at that age, those are the most important people in your life. Not your parents. You right. know, not your nieces and nephews or your, or not, well, of course you're not going to have nieces and nephews at that time. Uh, but your cousins, right? What I a mean, world. Maybe your cousins some, but some yeah. of those are your friends, right? Yeah. Um, and like, the, this is, like, I plan on showing him these movies at like eight or nine years old, my son. And I want him to get that relationship. Like, these are the friends you should have, or, or these, this should remind you of the friends you have. You're like, I love this movie because of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, they're all good movies, but for, I mean, it's also one I probably saw most recently, but Stand By Me is such a, a 
fucking great movie. I know, and it, it's dark, and it, but it's so dark and like it kind of creepy at points. But it's with it such levity at other yeah. points, you know, with the bar, total, complete and total barfarama. You know, <laughs> it's it, the yeah. It strikes an incredible balance. Yeah, and it has every type of friend that you have, and like at a, at a time when you know. You're watching a movie about a kids that are kids that are like three years older than you are, right? Mm-hmm. But that's when you should be watching that movie, you know, not when you're three years older or that same age. You should be watching when that way you're you're forming your your relationships. And I I can't wait to watch those movies with my boy. Yeah, I really can't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Et is another one that I just I I feel like I don't think about it enough as I should. Um, because it is such a good movie, I should I should revisit that one uh, for sure. Because it is. It's well, it's about movie. friendship, right? Yeah, I mean, it it's, is. It's it's about totally about that. Yeah, it's a, it's about like not it's about not feeling like you belong, and you know, finding like finding to finding be, that por- person that yeah. make you. F- yeah, finding that closeness that that you're looking for, and and that you know that alienation that you are about to start feeling as a, yeah <laughs> as like a young teenager or preteen like that alienation you're about to start really feeling and experiencing and yeah it's just and yeah that's just classic spielberg like he he knows what he's doing yeah i mean that he knows how to tap into that um mm-hmm. that sweet mm-hmm. spot and that all those movies and I love all those movies. And like Super Eight is the most recent, and like I think it is like criminal, criminally underrated. It's definitely underappreciated. Yeah, I, I I will give you that for sure. It's it's like a love letter to Spielberg. So yeah, if you love Spielberg, you should love the letter. Call me crazy. Um, yeah, great choices across the board. Uh, my number two is uh, a, a pretty personal pick, but I think it's good for, I'm going to say 10. Not, 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 a, not the 5 to 10 range, just, just a hard 10. Um, kids love superheroes, of course. Uh, and and it's, at a certain point, you got to see uh, a quality representation of a just a one superhero so in 1993 in christmas of 93 uh warner brothers studios released a batman animated film in theaters called batman mask of the phantasm oh wow yeah Yeah, this is definitely a 10 year old Yeah. yeah yeah hard 10 hard 10 um because it is uh, it has all of the, uh, it has the lightheartedness of, um, you know, Bruce Wayne in the daytime. Uh, but it is, it's a pretty dark movie and, uh, it is one of those that, uh, has some scary elements, but I kind of going back to one of your arguments, um, there, there comes a time where it's it's okay to be scared, and maybe it maybe it's time to be a little scared. And um, the phantasm 
in in this movie is you know that's a that's a great one to scare you and then of course uh no slouch it's you know fall back on the old uh mark hamill joker no no complaints from me there um it's uh so it's the story if you don't know batman is wrongly implicated in a series of murders of mob bosses actually done by a new vigilante assassin um it is the team that uh brought batman the animated series to uh televisions near you and um it is really i i just feel like it's that creative team firing on all cylinders to tell a criminally underappreciated definitive version of the batman because i think the animated series holds such a um strong place in a lot of uh batman fans hearts um the this is essentially like a feature le- length episode uh it's a little shorter yeah. than that um well i mean yeah. it, it runs a little bit over an hour but uh this is uh man it, it's so good and i'm thinking about how um how many times i watched this as a kid and how much i enjoyed it and i i can like picture the cover art and everything and it's just you know kids love superheroes um when you're talking about Batman, Batman's a a darker superhero kind of across the board. This is such a good precursor to things like the 89 Batman, the Dark Knight. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where the Batman goes with Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just such a it kind of a, a opens up this world of just quality superhero flicks while telling a really definitive story of the character. And it's an easy graduation to make because if you didn't know, Batman, the animated series is on Amazon prime. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to say because there are so many, Good Batman movies, right? right? I mean, there's some bad ones, of course, but like yeah. the, the what eighty the eighty nine Batman, amazing. Yeah, both you and I love it. And Absolutely. Batman Begins, Batman or uh, Dark, Dark Knight. Knight and Dark Knight Rises, all quality, really good films. Absolutely, but like, this is a good. Um, it it introduces you to a different media of it, like it, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and it it. It's okay to lend itself to the noir aspect of it, yeah. Because you don't get that so much in the the Burton or the Nolan ones, um, where this one it 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 harkens back. Well, like you said, it goes to it. It's pretty much like a a, a long episode of the eighty or the uh, the animated series, right? You know, version of it because like all the all the main. Uh, uh, pieces were in there, be it the actors and the writers and the directors and all that stuff. So yeah, really good. Uh, to kind of piggyback on that, but like a really good introduction to uh, superheroes themselves is The Incredibles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, like if you want your kid to like, oh, this is what superheroes are supposed to be, mm-hmm. incredible, watch The Incredibles. Yeah. I mean, that's... Hey, like that's something you should watch just 
Like you don't have to get bogged down on any of the the backstory. You don't know. You yeah. don't know, have to know who Superman or Batman is. These are these characters are all independent and all that stuff. It's just standalone story, and it tells it so succinctly and so incredibly. Like it's one of the best superhero movies out there. Definitely. If it functions, because a lot of uh, great. Uh, superhero movies, especially the first in the franchise, are origin stories. Yeah. And um, especially if you're growing up now and you want to go back and watch great superhero movies, you're going to be indoctrinated with origin stories. Um, it's just so many of them. To the point where they even start to overlap, like when you talk about X-Men and then Wolverine Origins. It's like, yeah. Like, where does this start? Where's oh, this guy was in what? Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, Spider Man Homecoming. Like, it's just you're indoctrinated with them, and they they're complete movies, but they're with the idea that there's other movies coming. This is just from start to finish, from really bottom up, just such a good superhero movie. It's complete. And finished story. Yeah, like I'm, I'm actually yes. like as much as I'd love to see like another like a, a trilogy of this. Yeah, it's it's so refreshing that there's only one. Yeah, I think there's another one in the pipeline, but yeah, of course there is. Yeah, but how many years but later? It was it wasn't. Yeah, and it wasn't set up to be. Um, you know we we need this franchise. We need to sell these toys, and, and I'm sure that's that's a thought yeah. but um first and foremost telling a complete good story with fleshed out characters and fleshed out superheroes where you understand them uh, yeah it's just incredibles is a great movie and it's it's weirdly left off the list i feel like there's you have your toy stories your Finding Nemo's, your Wallies, your Ups, and then you know. I mean, for of, some reason, it's left off there, but it's like a great, great flick. Yeah, absolutely. It's it belongs in the like that's the upper echelon of of Pixar animation. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Wait till they're ten, but mm. it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it just came out on Blu-ray. Uh, they finally gave it a high-def treatment. I'm probably going to buy it. And uh, the jury's still out on whether I'll die alone or not. <laughs> <laughs> but I I know this movie not as pretty long well. <laughs> I know this movie pretty well. So, my number one. And this is a movie that I know I watched before I was 10 years old, and I continue to watch in well into my 40s. And I plan to introduce him, my son to this shortly. Nice. Because um, probably not in the next year or so, maybe in the next two, probably at nine, eight or nine, mm-hmm. I'm going to have him watch this. But, um, <clears throat> and I'm going back to uh, Spielberg. I'm mm-hmm. going back to Lucas, man, because... Raiders of the Lost Ark is where I understood that movies were 
oh, this is, you could do this. This is mm-hmm. like bigger and grander and like uh, the spectacle of filmmaking. It's, it's, it is so fantastic and you could tell a great story and you have good guys and bad guys and like, um, you know, you, you go from one setting to the next and you have intrigue and you don't even know some of the jokes until like 30 years later. Like you don't understand mm-hmm. it, but like you're so like drawn into these characters and you love them and like all the dangers that they get into. And it's like snakes and, and, and Nazis and planes and um, all this kind of uh, uh, like definitively evil stuff, but like subtexts that uh, adults can get. Um, and, and like I said, things that I don't even think I realized until later on. Um, and I think it's been kind of bastardized. Like we always say that how, how unfulfilling uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom is mm-hmm. because it's not, in the same uh, spirit as this movie was. Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a great movie. I mean, this is my number three movie of all time. I love this movie so much, and I can't wait to watch it with my son. I know it's there's some there's some like thematic things in here that like he won't, yeah, he can't see right now. Uh, but I can't wait to watch it with him because like you should watch this movie before your time because then you can realize like what movies can do for you right you know um I, you know i'm not going to show him jaws at this point because like there's like jaws is just a scary ocean movie. it's like at between age eight and age 16 it's just a movie to scare you out of the ocean mm-hmm. razor lost ark is like an adventure movie like we could do this like let's yeah let's let's throw a whip over a a branch and see if we can swing across this like fake moat that we've made you know um you know, it's run away from this boulder that's chasing us. Um, it's run away from the bad guys that's chase, that are chasing us. Uh, it's it's such a fantastic, like literally fantas- fantastic, fantastic. Mm. Is like the actual word you should use, like if you break it down. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's a fantastic movie because it, it's 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 based on fantasy, but in real life, like there's at no point where you don't think like this guy could get killed, but you know, he's not going to be killed. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets beat up, he gets punched, he gets shot, he gets all these things. And, but he still makes it through. He's, he's the hero and you know, he's the hero. Um, I love this movie so much. And I, um, I can't wait to show it to my boy, but you know, the, the Nazi face molding at the end is going <laughs> to freak him out a little bit. I'm going to have to talk to him about the arc of the Cup. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't look at it. It'll be okay. Um, Keep your eyes shut. Yeah. Simple solutions. Uh, Great choice. All right. Um, So my number one uh, from 1995. um, Jurassic Park. No. (sighs) Jurassic Park 2? No. No, not The Lost World. Um, So uh, a ragtag group of hockey players. Oh, come (laughs) on. In uh, in uh, 1995, um, I I was really fortunate to grow up in this time for this movie, um, in in the sense that like I didn't even understand how groundbreaking it was and how unique it it is, but also should have been in the sense of technical achievement. 
Um, and it just it became the gold standard. So I was kind of spoiled to see a lot of these movies that lived up to this gold standard. Um, but the movie Toy Story came out. Um, I still remember uh, the the theater's not there anymore, but I remember the theater I went to see it in with my dad and my brother. And um, it just transports you to another world. And uh, you kind of, as a kid growing up, you kind of always wonder and maybe always, like secretly hope that like your toys are more than just toys. Right. Um, and and this this uh, delivers that in, in, in spades. And um, I think when you're talking about adventure movies, uh, this is a fantastic one. When you're talking about uh, important life lessons, uh, this is a fantastic one. When you're talking about a, a cinematic achievement that is um, that you can process and you can understand, like we talked about like the godfather you you can't even if it were age appropriate you can't appreciate the brilliance of that but you can look at this and see the evidence of these technical achievements and you can um you can revel in that even at a super young age and uh i it's to this day like um one of the few movies i've given a 10 on uh imdb I uh, I think it's a masterpiece, and I think that it is a great movie for a young audience. And I think that um, the subsequent sequels, um, I, they're really good. But as far as something that can just captivate you and, and kind of be a primer for... Uh, experiencing quality movie making um without being without feeling very textbook i i i think that this has that and this um delivers on all that the storytelling the animation the um <laughs> as weird as it is to say the the soundtrack with, with randy newman um it it just it all of it swirls together and there's some scary elements when you're talking about Sid's room and, and, um, I, I, man, I just, I just have an incredible appreciation for this movie. And it's one of those, those weird things because this movie is well loved across the board, but I feel like it still is not enough. Andy, yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Cause like you get a, like when you, you think of like childhood movies, like this is a movie. Yeah. Like I did, I saw it whenever I was tw- nineteen, right, or mm-hmm. either nineteen or twenty, and it felt like my I was watching it as a kid. Yeah, it takes you back to that point where you're like, "Oh, my toys are alive!" You know, yeah. this is great. It's awesome. Like, and and I I know my my son hasn't. I keep bringing up my son. I'm sorry about that. No, but, no, like, I, I, that's my point of reference. That's kind of our litmus test for this, right? When and like he doesn't get it quite yet, but like he will, and yeah. the the reason why he will because it it's such a good movie. It's mm-hmm. such like fantastic, um, movie making. Yeah, because it's it it's all the it's the characters the mm-hmm. you know the story and 
like even the sound like you said the soundtrack is so stupid yeah but so great at the same time it's yeah. like oh it's fits you know and the, the such the, it's the appropriate in that world and all that yeah mm-hmm. and it's um you know you get that dark little thing and with sid's world but like yeah. it, it stands out so much because of all the like it's always sunny it's never cloudy and like dark or you know and yeah. in the later in the later uh movies you get some of that but uh, for this that that first one, it's like, like everyone was blown away, and it, like I think you should still be blown away because it is yeah. so amazing, like the creativity of the the filmmakers on that. Yeah, well, I just think about how exciting the uh, climax is when they're on the RC car and they light the rocket and they're they're chasing the moving van. It's one of those things where it's been set up so well, and there's that quality just a well-written character arc for both of these characters that that payoff is still exciting and still resonates and you still want to see them succeed and when you're a kid you're you're taking all that in and you don't necessarily know how to process it yet but it's just such a great primer to start to understand movies without feeling like homework, I guess. I, it, I just I think that it's just such a well-made movie from top to bottom, and there's just so many for a kid just laugh out loud moments. And like you said, the colors are incredible. It's engaging. Um, the characters are well drawn, and uh, like we talk about Star Wars, where the characters are just so um, they're rigid and very definitive. Uh, like this, this you can actually experience growth and even as a kid you can comprehend it and it's just so well laid out um that that you can understand it but as as an adult it doesn't feel like oh well this is overwritten or this is you know it's it's hard to it's hard for me to critique this movie but it could be my bias but i i think it's just top to bottom incredible movie yeah yeah it's a you know I think it's like rated like ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like like mm-hmm. fuck the guys that have uh yeah, how you dare know, they? they gave it a negative review. <laughs> yeah, well, I look even if you don't love it like me, I just don't understand why you how <laughs> you can like despise it. Yeah, enough to put it in the bottom half. Like you know what, this movie's not this movie's rotten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, good list. Good yeah. fun. And listen, I, at the risk of sounding, uh, sentimental and weird, I like, um, like I said, I, a couple times already, I'm 40 years old mm-hmm. and chances are maybe like if for some reason my son has any idea of what I've done and, and like what I've put down on, on tape, if, if at any time he hears this, this is like, um, this is this is the kind of stuff that I want you to experience through movies and stuff. Yeah. And like, this is, I guess, a, a more of a diary, I guess, for, for him. Yeah. And if, if at any time he listens to this and, and now I'm speaking to him is like, mm-hmm. uh, I hope you're like, you can see the world through movies and, and experience and like, enjoy them. Like I do. Yeah. Uh, and these are the movies and like both, Andrews and I's movies uh, this week are like a, a good way to see the world, and I hope maybe that someday your son or daughter can see them yeah. through them. And uh, uh, I guess 
as a closing word is, uh, I guess, I mean, typical, of, I guess my sense of humor is, uh, fuck them if they can't take a joke. <laughs> right in my pocket I was living the life things were just the way they should be Went from out of the sky like a bomb comes some little punk in a rocket Now all of a sudden some strange things are happening to me 